2: Uh, two days after the uh, After um, April Fool's Day And Happy belated birthday To the g- Late great Marvin Gaye One of my favorite artists Of all times Producer of one Of my favorite Albums of all time That being What's going on Uh But at any rate uh, Enough with the sad And the end with the good Uh Thank y'all for tuning in To the Clown Hour Mr. boy Scott Burks I'm the author of The sports ball Called The Clown Times So this This is the podcast component of my blog. You'll be able to find me on the web at www.clowntimes.net. That's Clown Spellbook K, by the way. And you can find me on Facebook. Just go to whether you are on your smartphone, your uh, laptop, desktop, wherever. Just go to the search window, type in the Clown Times. Again, it's Clown 12 K. You can find us there as well. Got a lot to get into, um, including like breaking down the well, previewing the, the final four. Uh, as well as giving our thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr.'s impact in Cleveland, now that he, he, he had his press conference earlier this week, as well as giving our two cents on Zion Williamson's impact in the NBA. That is, would he, would he be a big-time success uh, based on the, um, uh, like on what's, what, what we've seen so far in the college game and how that pretty much extrapolates to the NBA? And you know, touch a little bit on Gilbert Arena's comments. Uh, you know, would probably give my co host uh make him nominate him for the drama of the week. And speaking of which y'all will y'all know my co host from the Yard HBCU Sports, where he ask about all things HBCU sports, as well as uh, Sleazy Radio every week on Facebook Live. Here's Dwayne Nash. What's up, D? How you doing, brother?
3: Man, Scott Oh, man. I, I might have said this the last time I was on air with you. This is probably Bro. the second favorite time of the year for me because of how much is going on, man. You know, college basketball right. ball's coming to win in. NBA playoffs is coming up. Baseball season right. starts. Uh, spring football starts. Uh, NFL draft is right around the corner, man. So, it is just sports, sports, sports all around with the exception of the AAF, which is sadly about to see its end. Oh, right, there WrestleMania. You go. WrestleMania is Sunday. Oh, my God. So it's, you know, you sports, fake sports. What? Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania is, is Sunday. What the hell is I I mean? real... <laughs> Hey, matter of fact, um, just real quick, because, you know, I, I know people don't want to talk about fake sports too much, but. Uh, it's going to be the first time ever that the the headliner or the headlining match for WrestleMania will be um, a women's match. Women, so yep. That's mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a big thing. You got uh, Ronda Rousey, formerly of the UFC, that's now in the WWE. She's going to be um, having a, a winner take all triple threat match versus uh, Charlotte Flair. Yes, of that Flair family. She is Ric Flair's daughter. That's right, and. Um, and, and uh, uh, Becky Lynch. So that's going to be a very, very intriguing match, especially after what happened Monday night on uh, Monday Night Raw, the uh, the whole getting arrested by the B.C. Police Department, which I find to be hilarious, and that entire thing. If you haven't seen that, go to YouTube just yeah. to watch this entire thing break down of them being arrested and still fighting while in handcuffs. That alone is entertainment. <laughs>
2: You know what, man? Vince McMahon has struck gold once again.
3: I mean, it, it's just
2: yeah. he, he's just quite the showman. He's out. He's out. PT Barnum. Let's just put it away. He's he just for PT Barnum. You know, PT Barnum or literally, literally. There you go. Well, yeah, exactly. Literally and figure <laughs> right. Um Is there? Are there any? I mean, I've been away from the sport for a long time, but. Is mm-hmm. there any? I mean, it's glad. To, it's great to see women headlining. That's going to be a hell of a match. That triple threat. Yes. Are there any male? Are there any male wrestlers that, folks? I mean, outside the diehards, that is, would give would even know about a damn thing about? I mean, there's no more Rock. Obviously, I'm dating myself. But there's no more Rock. There's no more. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. just I mean, there's Triple mm-hmm. H is still there, I suppose. And, yes. And,
1: but, but still, yeah. and
2: Brock Lesnar too. But but still.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, outside
2: of those two cats, who's out there? Who's who? who what dude is out there? Who who who? Most of us would, would even care to give a damn about.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I was just talking uh, to to coach about this on the show on Tuesday. If you look at it, just like you mm-hmm. said, the generation has moved on to a new current crop of wrestling. So if you're not necessarily <clears throat> watching wrestling on a regular, but you still want to kind of peek in, but you're kind of like okay. Who do I know? Of course, Brock Lesnar yeah. from his time with the U- U- uh, UFC. Um, right. John Cena may or may not make an appearance, of course. Yes, sir, you no. know, he's kind of still in the middle of, of, of wrestling and still acting, so he may or may not show up. Um, they've been kind mm-hmm. of inconspicuous with that. Um, actually, Kurt Angle will be having his last match on Sunday. Um, oh, so wow. he, he'll be going to retirement. Um, who else would you know? Uh, Batista. Um, of course, for those who aren't familiar, Batista, who's done tons of films, uh, of course his biggest film to date would be uh, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy and, of course, the Avengers films. Yes. Um, right. but he's gone back into wrestling, and, and uh, he actually has a match against the other guy I was just about to say, Triple H. Um, outside of oh, that. Wow. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody else, you probably wouldn't know. Um, You know, Gronkowski has a – Rob Gronkowski, of course, uh, uh, just retired from the New England Patriots. He has a relationship with uh, a couple of wrestlers. He showed up at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. There's speculation he may show up, but I doubt if he does anything because that dude's body is just so beat up. But um, outside of that, it's it's just going to be a good laugh, a good chuckle. And, of course, you know, they always bring celebrities through for WrestleMania, so, um, and Andy's going to be in New York again this year. Uh, 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 Michael Che and, and, and um, God, what's the other guy that hosts SNL? So I know who you're talking about. It. It's
2: on to my tongue. I forget what his name is. Both are funny Yeah,
3: they're, they're going to be involved this weekend. Um, and then, nice. of course, other celebrities just pop up for WrestleMania. But, you know it's going to be very interesting. Of course, I'm going to watch, but um, I'm, I'm more intrigued to see what happens with this women's match. Yeah, exactly. And
2: one last thing before we move on, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I hope Gwancasi gets what gets better his body right because that dude is made for wrestling. If he's not made for wrestling, I don't know what is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who it would be.
1: I mean, because <laughs>
2: his history, his I mean his his antics on the football field, off the field. I mean, he's the ultimate he's 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 made for he's tailor made for WWE, so let's just hope he gets his body right because he's still a young man. He's twenty nine years old. He's still a young he man. Is. And uh, you know, he, he yeah, he, he's he's bound he's he's bound for much bigger better things off the field obviously. I mean he already oh, yes. has his has his has his has his hand in many pots, if you will. But um yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need to see more of so hopefully he gets his body right. and and comes back to the sport. Well but it's maybe not transition. Maybe acting.
3: I I wouldn't mind seeing him. Yeah, acting. I mean at no. least
2: acting. At least yeah. at least that. I mean maybe see him in one of the expendables films. I don't know,
3: but uh Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so going from the fun stuff to the potential not so fun stuff, that's the final four. This is yeah. the first time.
1: Mm-hmm. In
2: my recent memory, memory, that you don't have a true blue blood in the Final Four. You know, I know that Michigan State, yeah, Michigan State's been there, done that. I get it. I, I mm-hmm. get it. But what I mean by blue blood, I mean the programs that have been doing it for decades.
3: Of course. And
2: Michigan State, even though the, the Israel's been there since the late 90s, I mean, they're compared to the blue bloods like Duke, Carolina, Kentucky. They, they've they've mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time for several decades. Those are the true blue bloods of the sport, and none of them are there. So, what you have now, you have Michigan State. Michigan State is like the OG of the bunch. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Auburn. So, yes, you you pretty much. I mean, it's it's like it's almost looks like a college football final four instead of outside, outside <laughs> of Virginia Virginia. Instead of a true blood, blue blood final four, I mean, <laughs> with no, I mean the thing is, and we'll get to this in a minute. I mean, Michigan State's there, so that means they had to beat Duke to get there, so that means no Zion, mm-hmm. no blue blood, no big storyline, no Carolina, no Kentucky. Even though they're both in the same region, Auburn beat them both, which was amazing in and of itself. Would anybody watch this final? I know people will watch the final, but would anyone care about it? Because, again, there's no
1: villain. There's no blue blood there.
2: So, it's like people be like, eh, it's like a bunch of, it's watching a bunch of nice guys go at it. It's like, eh, you can't fool against any of them. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, maybe Tom Inzo because what some people didn't like him, putting, like getting in that that of which I did not have a problem with whatsoever. Um... But, yeah, is it, is it, is it, do you predict dire ratings for this final four? Because I just don't see the excitement. I don't see the buzz. Nope. I, I I don't. I, I just don't
3: see it. And, and, and not as why. And that was, once again, another fantastic question that I asked the fellas on, on season just last night. This final four does not have that pop factor to it. You know, there isn't a star player. Right that everyone knows about going – it's not to say that these guys aren't good and not to say that these guys aren't talented. Right. There aren't any star players that everyone knows and has been clamoring for all season long that's in this Final Four. It's not. Also, like you said, mm-hmm. there aren't any blue bloods. There aren't any teams that people either love or love to hate in this uh, – as a, as, a, as a country, that is in this tournament. You right. don't have your Dukes. You don't have your Carolinas, your Kentuckys, your Kansas. Even though they haven't been a force in years, you don't have your UCLA. You don't have your returning champion Villanova. So there's a lot going on here. You you have a Michigan State in the time Izzo that is known for getting into the Elite Eight occasionally, making the Final Four here and there, but everyone in the in the world outside of the basketball the college basketball realm doesn't necessarily know about Tom Enzo. You have first timers in Texas Tech in Auburn that have never made a final four before. And you also have right. a Virginia that hasn't made a final four since the eighties. Since Ross Sampson? <sighs> Basically. Exactly.
2: So
1: uh-huh. so
3: what do you do in this situation? Um in terms of watching the Final Four, if you're a casual fan, would you go into this watching this? Unless you've been paying attention to Charles Barkley and know that he's an Auburn alum. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Now, unless you watched the tournament last year as a casual fan and knew that Virginia got knocked out and probably messed up your bracket, and now they're in the Final Four, you probably won't watch. You know, I, I, yeah. unless you know these things, I'm practicing bro. Oh, my! No. Busted, bro. Go ahead. We're not talk about brackets right now. That's a whole other show. Yeah, but, exactly. yeah. It, it's, exactly. it, it, there's nothing sexy in it. There's a lot of substance. There are several defensive teams that are in this, uh, <clears> in the Final <throat> Four right now. It's just, uh, it's, it's not sexy, but it's going to be a lot of good basketball. I will say that. If you're listening to this show right oh, sure. now and you're a casual fan and you and you're wondering whether or not I should watch the Final Four, yes, yeah, because there's going to be a lot of great basketball played in this Final Four tournament this weekend. Cup. A lot of
2: great coaches in this Final Four too. A lot of damn good. I mean, outside of Izzo, Izzo, you got Coach Bennett. Yeah, you got you got Bruce you Pearl who
3: Bruce Pearl who exactly un- dribbles,
2: recruiting practices notwithstanding, but he's a damn good coach, and you got the dude at Texas Tech. I forget his name. I think Beard. Is his last name?
1: I um, think it is, yeah.
3: Gotta look that up. But he, way, they, he he's been, he been, he a know story. And they have history in, in, in college basketball.
1: hmm
2: I mean I was gonna think I was gonna say I think his name is Chris Beard actually, but but the Texas Tech's coach, uh he has a great story. I think it's up on ESPN dot com right? about how he mm-hmm. talk about Drake when he says starting for the bomb, now I'm here. He really he lived it. I mean, he really lived it. And you know, to get Texas Tech to where they are right now, that's it's just an amazing feat in and of itself. So he's he's a great story. And Tony Bennett's a great story too because his dad, for those of us we of of a certain age like you and I, we remember his dad, Dick Bennett who oh, was, yes. was coaching at uh, Wisconsin. And he was mm-hmm. the guy who Indirectly became the father of Butler basketball because the guy who's a, a gentleman who's like the athletic director there right now, he learned under Dick Bennett. So, mm-hmm. the Butler way, you have to thank Dick Bennett for the Butler way indirectly. Um, but, you know, there, and, and of course, Bruce Pearl, again, his, his, he's under that NCAA cloud, and his recruiting mm-hmm. practice is so, quite unscrupulous at best, but the man can coach. And it's hard not to it's hard not to like him. I mean, yeah. just if you see him give interviews, like when he was at Tennessee, he showed up bare chested, and painted orange, to watch uh,
3: <laughs> uh,
2: back when uh, what's the name's uh, Pat, Pat Summit was coaching Tennessee Lady Vols. He showed up in support for her. And that was a national televised game. National televised game. He's an awesome. He seems to be an awesome dude. He just that uh, you just can't trust him. <laughs> He's he just a little dirty when it comes um, to recruiting.
3: He's just a little dirty when it comes to recruiting. So what? It's fine. It is what yeah. it is.
2: Yeah, but, but what the dude could coach. The dude could absolutely coach. Absolutely coach. Yes. And of course, it's Tom Mizzle, the, the OG himself. I mean, he 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 was he was the assistant under Judd Heath, Heathcoat, and like oh, way yeah. back in the day. And John felt it's like when Heathcoat retire. And re- like retired and, and he's been he's taken he's taken to another level. So coaches are great. You actually get to see some coaching. It's just that the buzz yeah, is right. just like yeah, it's a man it's a mess after you know what I'm saying? It's just the of mm-hmm. mess mess factor. So um oh yeah. yeah. But but this one thing man, speaking of coaching, I'm disappointed in coach K. With, they okay. had all that talent in Duke. I mean, I mean the regular season, which is something to remember if you're a Duke fan or just a fan of college basketball, because of the, the Zion Williamson, the guy who's so iconic, he goes by one name now. You, you know when you go by one name, you're, you, you're pretty iconic, like Ronaldo, Manny, uh LeBron, you know, all those cats. Yeah, LeBron, Kobe, Kobe. if you go Mike. by one name. Magic,
3: yeah, Jack. You know, Magic, Jack, Bird.
2: So Kareem, MJ. You know, if you go by a nickname or one name, you've done it. But the fact that this nineteen, eighteen, nineteen-year-old kid goes by is they, known by Zion. That's how iconic he is. And the fact that Coach K had him, RJ Barrett. Who's arguably going to be the top two players selected in the NBA draft? They'll be foolish. They'll go to
1: school.
2: Um, they would. They would. And and perhaps another lottery pick and 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 uh, and and Cam Reddish, even though I think he may need another year, but that's another podcast for another time. Um, but yeah. yeah. all that collection of talent, Trey Jones, all that talent, and not only not even make it to the Final Four. But they they scraped by every game since the opening round. I mean, they should. Have, they had no business lose. They had no business beating UCF. UCF had no. that one. I mean, they had that shit one. If they had, if that young man uh, Johnny Dawson's son, if he would have made at least one of his shots near the
1: end, mm-hmm.
2: I'll leave it that he that he fumbled that would have put him up by six with a few seconds left. And that follow-up, right, almost, damn near right at the buzzer, where he came at an angle from point-blank range on the putback and it careened off the rim. That was just heartbreaking, and that Very was heartbreaking. Wow, wow, they 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 had that game, and people argued that for Gia Tech and the Sweet Sixteen should have beaten Duke. You know, yeah. it's just it's just a bad breaks late, late down the stretch, but. Out of the way, it didn't surprise me that I caught up against Michigan State. It's just, it just it's just so disappointing because again, remember the buzz factor. Well, Zion led Duke. The Zion led Duke team would have given the Final Four all the buzz it needed on its own. You Wouldn't need oh, yeah. it. like you wouldn't have to have Carolina or Duke, there, or Carolina or Kentucky there along with Duke. He alone. Would have would, would provided the the actual spark, so it's disappointing. And Coach K was out uh, out coached big time by uh, by uh, by, uh, by uh, Tom Izzo, but
3: Not Tom Izzo, you yeah. know,
2: But props to Tom Izzo for getting his boys there. On the fact that they had had to do injuries, we see they had to do injuries, and the fact, and we'll get to this later, that they didn't have the blue chip recruits that Dick had. But let me get your mm-hmm. thoughts on on how Coach K just came up short in the NCAA tournament.
3: Well, it wasn't just the fact that he was uh, out coached; the players were outpaid. Um, and, and this yeah. is uh, something that I've I've had mild issue with um, ever since the one and done rule was started back in in two thousand and six. Um, actually, I, I, I saw an, I actually read an article a couple of days ago that talked about this one yep. very thing. Um, the thing is, you know, if you think about it. Dating back to 2006, there have been hundreds of teams that have had at least one one, one one-and-done player on their squad, right? Out of all of those teams, only 13 of them have made it to the Final Four. Mm. Only 13 of them. And only four of those teams won the title. Of those four teams, only two of them, only two had three players or more on that squad that were freshmen and were potential one and doneers Duke and UK, UK, right? Duke and UK, UK, right? That's yep. it. Yep. That is yep. it. So first and foremost, if you want to get you a one and done player, in order for you to be successful, you're going to have to have multiple one and done players to even make it to the tournament. And even if you right. make it to the tournament, there's still no guarantee that you're going to make it to the final four, And there's a slimmer change right. that you'll even win a title. It's all teams that have that. It's all these teams that have the time to grow together, develop with one another, develop individually as players, have a skill yep. set, learn a skill set, be able to play, make buckets at crunch time, <clears throat> make free throws at crunch time. So... Yes, there were instances in which um, uh, uh, Coach K were outcoached, but there were a lot of mistakes made by those freshmen. As talented as they were and as great as their stat lines look there were uh, situations during the game, a lot of missed free throws, too. A lot of missed free throws by those by those yeah. freshmen that they needed buckets, especially in the game that you lose by one.
1: You, right. you, you, you give me right. two,
3: you win there. But that's this is a situation once again where unfortunately the talent doesn't top the 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 the, the experience and it, it, it rarely right. does. It rarely does, and we got you a know couple what, more I, years of this one and done situation, and we're going to see what happens right. after that. You know what?
2: I was I was going to say, man. I'm glad you said the experience factor because. If you look at the – yeah, you know, you, you already said it. The final, this year's Final Four, none of the teams have one and done players.
3: None of them. None of them. Not, not one. Not none one. None
2: of them. And you, if you look at the most experienced team, it has to be Michigan State. with their with one I think Michigan State has a fifth-year senior, for crying out loud.
1: Yes, they do. Um, uh-huh. they,
2: they've been together for a long time, and you saw that Coach Izzo actually coached. They, mm-hmm. He actually got the play. They had they were they're not as talented as Duke. I mean, people like gave Coach K a hard time and said oh, his, their offensive play was just give the ball to Zion and everybody feed off of that already or Red, or, uh, or Barrett and just 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 use your athleticism to athlete if you will. Everyone else, where when you come to crunch time like this, the one and done situation, so to speak, um, it's it's like you know it comes down to coaching this time of the year. And you see the guys, like, remember when Michigan State, when Duke went on that run to put them a 30 to 21 in the first half? And people were thinking, oh, shoot, Michigan State, about to be going out that game. The Michigan State gathered itself and checked themselves and just made a run of their own to take into the halftime. I think they went on the, uh, 50, what, was it a, was it a 15 or 13 nothing to run to close the half, the first half. That's, Texas, that's experience. That's experience mm-hmm. and know-how. Even yes. going, going back to the second-round game against Central Florida, when, when Duke came out at halftime, with, they had an eight-point lead on them. People thought it was going to be over. They were going to blow him out the door. UCF gathered themselves and came mm-hmm. back. That was a senior-laden team. Came back and, and just made it a game. and Again, should have beaten Duke. Um, the mm-hmm. Tech in the Sweet 16, they were a senior, senior-laden squad they 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 hung in there which was arguably home court advantage for Virginia Tech but that's but that's not a here nor there the point is is that they played well but they didn't get run by dudes um, yeah
1: and
3: of course, I tried to state. tell you man though so, being a D C DC in my opinion though is still a toss up yeah there's a lot of Virginia Tech alum here but it's still a short <laughs> drive from Durham to DC than it is from Blacksburg to DC. So that's why I was like, That is so it, weird. It can go either way. Yeah. It can go either way.
2: That's so weird. And which which last, ask that's the question Duke had a home field at Cone court advantage over Michigan State in yeah. that case. Yeah. That yeah. is, that's why it's so stunning as well. But yeah, but you know, the, the, and plus if you look at all, I'll, I think Auburn has some suitors. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. But Virginia, they definitely have some seniors. They have some up. They have some, a shitload of juniors, led by yeah, Kyle exactly. Guy. And, and I think um, that the brother, the, I forget what the brother's name is, who's a star player. I think he's going to be. Things are going to go in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. he's talented enough. Uh, I can't think of. kind I can't remember now, what but his name is. I know
3: who you're talking about. Yeah.
2: But either way, I think he's a sophomore now. But, and, but, but 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 long story short, they're heavy with upperclassmen. Texas mm-hmm. Tech, The way they took apart, a Michigan, good lord have mercy! This the Texas Tech Jets, they just opened up a can of whoop ass and just laid it out over the maize and blue. It's just, it was just stunning to watch. <laughs> it was just so. Told Michigan to
3: forty-four points. It was crazy.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: Crazy.
2: Yes, and then and then they beat the way they beat Gonzaga. Dude, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was just that was a classic game. I mean the League A was full of classic games, but that was one of the most classic games. That I mean, because they again they're a bunch of seniors, they didn't rattle against 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 Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. you know, they they, they Gonzaga out. So it's 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 gonna be very interesting. I mean you're going to see a coaching clinic in the final four, that's for damn sure, because all four mm-hmm. coaches got there by coaching their not so blue chip players, and that's mm-hmm. the thing of beauty when you see it. We see it being executed. So I know it has to be faster, but for basketball players and fans like you and I and many others, it's going to be great. It's going to be cool to see because you get to see actual coaching instead of athleticism from one and donors and the fundamentals. I mean, it's just it's going to be a great. It's going to be a clinic. Put it that way. It's going to be ultimate
3: coaching clinic between all four of the hey, teams. In the storylines that are there, you know, you, you have the out of nowhere Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oh my God! Yeah. As even though they are fourth seed in 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 terms of college basketball, this Cinderella, because once again, this is right. the first time they've ever made it to the tournament with the pressure of the tr- the final right. four ever. Well, this is the first time they made it to the final four with the pressure of the final four <clears> get to them, or will they be able to beat? a a a well known Michigan State team. Tom Izzo only has one championship. Will he be able to get a second doing it his way and not dealing with one in one gunners? Auburn, a team that has beaten the wee blue bloods on their way to the final four, which has only yeah, happened one other is. time in terms of beating Kentucky, Kansas and North Carolina in the same They'd tournament. Can to do it?
1: But they Kansas. did yeah. beat
3: down Kansas. But the last team to do it, Arizona, 1997, led by Mike Bibby and yeah. Jason Terry. And what did they do yeah, in 1997? Yeah, and the boys. Yes, they won the title in '97. So that's another storyline. Mm-hmm. Then you got the infamous storyline uh, from from the we started from the bottom. Now we hear the first team to lose to the 16th seed as the number one seed the year prior yeah. to move on to the final for mm-hmm. the Virginia Cavaliers. That's another. Oh my God, the storylines that are there are, are just so intriguing. out that we don't have, quote unquote, star players in this tournament. Yeah, and dude,
2: and one one of the coolest things about that about Virginia is UMBC you in your backyard, if mm-hmm. you will. Know, just the yeah. coach, Odom, since he gave major props to Tony Bennett, which I thought was cool, and and, and just to see like their, 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 their Twitter site, because UNBC, they're savage on Twitter. Ever since they, they pulled off the 16 over one feet last season, they've been savage ever since. But to see them, they have, like, a meme giving Virginia a round of applause for getting to the final four and overcoming that stigma of being the oh. first one to lose the 16. That was awesome. That was very, yeah. very awesome. So, so, so anyone on Twitter, you, you can live with UMBC's, the Terriers, um, Twitter, my Twitter site. Check it out. You'll be impressed as much as I am. So it's it's, mm. it's it, was, it was it was pretty cool to see that. It's pretty cool to see. I think his name is Randy Odom, the head coach. It's good. It's good. To, it was cool to see Coach Odom give Tony Bennett and the and the Cavaliers that like their props. It was it's was really cool to see that. Mm. And you oh, know man. what else, man? It's I'm just thinking. You, when 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 uh when you mentioned earlier that the the UVA's first final since nineteen eighty four I remember mm-hmm. that. that's how old I am. I mean I, I, I remember as a little kid in elementary school watching Ralph Sampson with my dad go up against Houston and the Kileba Akeem Olajuwon.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that was the that's the year that, that uh that, that, that Georgetown Yoyas beat um Houston, you know, led led by Patrick mm-hmm. Jordan, that, that Hoyer's team. But nevertheless, that was the last time you got. Me. And every time I think about that, I think about Ralph Sampson. What could have been for his NBA career? You no, know, oh I, you know, I, you know, I don't want to get too far off subject. But for those of you people you know, out there who don't remember Ralph Sampson or don't know who he is, Google him. YouTube, please. You'd be glad you did. Please. You'd be glad you did. Seven foot four. Inch guy who could glide, who could run the court, who had an inside and outside game. He was a true. He was the first of the true unicorns to ever play this game. And it's too bad but, that, God, that, about that it, the injuries took his career.
3: Think about it like this, Scott. As great as people remember Hakeem Olajuwon being, Ralph Sanson yeah. was that much better, and they were teammates. Exactly. Imagine what that squad could have been Houston, if yeah, both of would have Houston, stayed yeah. healthy. Exactly. Wow. Oh. Yes. You know what? There's a possibility, once again, I hate these if games, but right. if they would have stayed healthy, what would that have meant to that Bulls dynasty? Mm Or maybe even that Lakers the Lakers dynasty. Yeah.
1: The
3: exactly. Dynasty. I mean, and the Pistons, too.
2: I mean, because in the Pistons, exactly. for that matter, because. I mean, look, I, I know they played the Celtics, and I'm, you know, Houston did in 1980, whatever the hell it was, 86, I think it was. Um, it was 86, but yeah. yeah. I mean, they were the first two towers before uh, uh, San Antonio did it with Tim Duncan and David Robinson in the, in the, in the mid-'90s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, for those people who don't know who Ralph Sampson is, Google him. Again, you'd God. be glad that you did.
3: You'd be glad you did. He's taking me back to my childhood on that one.
2: Dude, that's I what, know. That's you when,
3: me both? That's when DC area basketball bowl was popping. <laughs> yes, you had Georgetown exactly. popping. University of Maryland was doing this thing with with Reggie uh, yeah. Drizel and and then Bias, yeah. and then you had UBA going on with, with Ralph Santos. Eighties basketball, especially here in the DC area, man, it was insane. I about to say, yo, you were in the you were in the mecca.
2: Like you know, oh. it was the the D C and New York City, you know, because New York City with, with Saint John's, I mean, that was mm-hmm. that, that was that 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 was awesome in and of itself, the old biggies that we remember. Yeah. I mean that oh, was yeah. Wow. Wow, that was that that was that was that was, that was awesome. Seton Hall too, C Hall right, right across the Hudson River. Seton Hall, right? yeah. Yeah, Call Hall, New Jersey. That was man, that was, okay. Okay, I gotta <laughs> move on because you're gonna have me thinking about my childhood all over You're about to start having a history lesson real. in
1: a minute. Man, mm-hmm.
2: that's when basketball was real. That's when, like, like a um, like 30 for 30 with, Dave, with Mike with um, uh, Rubberport. You know, he had uh the, when the Garden when the Garden was eaten. We're talking yes. about Master Square Garden. That was when basketball mm-hmm. was great, in my opinion. Yeah, that's just my opinion. That's to us, to me, and you, and many others. A certain age, that's when basketball was truly great. Speaking of Zion, let's talk about like, since he's gonna be the projected number one overall pick unless we well, general managers pick him first, Falls on his head a few times and pick someone else. <laughs> um, a lot of questions have been man, been banded regarding uh Zion Williamson's future in the NBA. Would his game translate? How well would it would he was would his would his college game extrapolate to the NBA? Well there's been many opinions, and one of which was shared, but I know no more from from not only from, from the one and only, excuse me, I can't think tonight, Gilbert Arenas, which a lot mm-hmm. of people accused him of hating and, and kind of cared. I didn't think it was a big deal about it. I mean, this is what he said. I'm just going to sum it up for you. He said about him, quote, we see 27-14, like 27 points 14 rebounds. Excuse me, but mm-hmm. how did you actually get that? Did you post somebody up in college? Did you sit there with the left hand, grab it, turn their face, get them in and dunk? No. You got twelve points in a fast break. You got twelve points sitting there on the wing. You know, waiting for another player to do something, you come in and do the tomahawk. So when I say you dominated, what stats are you dominated? But are you? Your stats are dominated, but are you? Then he goes on. A six foot six inch power forward, he's actually a six eight, but that's okay. You are undersized. You're 285. Sounds amazing, but in reality, if I say, "Well, he's Westbrook's height, but he's rookie weight," that like, "That's not. Ooh, that's just just bad." But that's what he is. Then mm-hmm. he goes on six at six foot six, 285. He hasn't posted up at all. You didn't post up in high school. It's the lazy post up. And he said, basically, he calls by saying, "So you never learned the skill of backing down two dribbles, none of it. You go to the next level, what position do you play? So basically he says, and this next quote is, he's a great phenom player that has no true skill. So I, again, a lot of people said he was hating. I thought Bill mm-hmm. Arenas, if you wanted to, he gave what a lot of the great analysts do, and like the great analysts do. He gave an honest, no-holds-barred opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. Whether you
2: like Arenas for his opinion or himself or not, that's not the point. The point is, he just pointed out a gold, great old school analysis of a prospect of the NBA prospect. One of the mm-hmm. one of which he is an icon in the college game after just one year, and there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, it, the the NBA is positionless, but what can he play? He's yeah. six foot eight, six seven, or whatever. He's two eighty five, and I know he's quick. I know he jumps out of the gym. He's very explosive, but he's a big boy. He's 285 as an 18, 19-year-old kid, all right? Mm -hmm. And he's not a fat 285 per se. Dude is cut. He's built like a football player. But when you get older, what happens? You tend to get a little heavier,
1: right? a little heavier. Especially if you're not Mm -hmm. comfortable
2: with your diet. So, I mean, the thing is, He's already like Charles Barker, but Charles Barker was a round mountain rebound. This, this kid is cut. But the thing yeah. is, is if he doesn't develop any type of like post move or whatever or go to move, what is he in the NBA? What, what position is he? Do you really see him as a two? Because at six seven, he's arguably a, th- a wing. He's not a power yeah, exactly. four. He played a lot of you played a lot of four in college, but he, mm-hmm. he he's not a four. There are several fours who will dwarf him in size, especially yes, in his height. It's mm-hmm. too heavy to me to guard a two or a three
3: right now in the NBA. Very much. So mm-hmm.
2: I don't see the problem with what Gabriel Marina said. I really don't.
3: And you know what? I completely agree to a certain degree. And let me explain okay. why. Okay. So – he said, "You know, what about his skill set? You know, he didn't have to necessarily uh, back down players in high school. He absolutely correct. I know we, we all have fun watching his high school highlights on YouTube. You know, I still go back occasionally and watch them. I heard a comedian say, watching those, uh, 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 <laughs> watching those 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 highlights is, is, is like watching tapes. Uh, it, it's basically they it should be called." Uh, uh uh what did he say? Um now the white lives don't matter
1: because of how he dominated <laughs> oh, the
3: kids in South Carolina. He just he's just bigger and stronger than everybody. He didn't necessarily have to have a skill set. All he all he needed to do was run faster and jump higher than those cats. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. He got the Duke. One year Duke. He didn't necessarily have <clears up> a skill set <throat> there either. You know, you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. see him back down players, and play a low-post game. But at the same time, that's not what the NBA is right now. That's The, the NBA has changed from when Gilbert was in the league just about five or, 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 or eight years ago. And that was that's what the mm-hmm. NBA was then. When Gilbert was playing, that's not what it is now. But at the same time, he's still going to need to be able to do that occasionally because the, teams are going to run half-court half set. And in order for him mm-hmm. to run a half-court set, if he's going to play power forward, he's going to have to play occasionally with his back to the basket. But the one thing that Gilbert Arena said was that he would be Blake Griffin in it. And I love the when, when, when Bama's attach a name and make it a verb. Yes. But if, he yes. Go, if he turns yes. out Blake Griffin in it, <clears throat> Blake Griffin as a rookie, as a second-year guy, was putting up 20 and 10. I take that. But you know what else Blake Griffin did? Blake Griffin oh, continued to develop. And if you saw yeah. his game then and you look at his game now and you saw that transition, year two, year three, he was starting to develop a back-up, back-down game. But at the same time, Blake is 6'11". So, of course, he had to have one. So he was developing yeah. a back-down game. He was developing a mid-range jump shot. By year four and five, he was starting to stretch that jump shot out to seventeen feet, eighteen feet, nineteen feet, just outside the three-point line. And then all of a sudden, you know, he messed up his knee, I and mean, he wasn't a jumper, but he still got that all-around game, and he still capable of being. That's why he's still in the league now. He, if if if, mm-hmm. if he wasn't as productive as he was, uh, 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 as he wasn't as productive as he is right now he will probably be relegated to a bench player and coming off the bench because he, he can't jump as, as much as, as we remember him doing so when he was part of L.A. City. But, you know, thankfully he's transitioned that to having a jump shot. And that's something that we hope that Zion is capable of doing. I'm not going to say that he will. Right. Everybody automatically expects for these rookies to come into the league as 18-year-old one-and-donners, and they expect them to develop. Truthfully, what they're doing is they're hoping they develop, because there are a lot of these guys that come in as one and doners that don't develop, and they such in such a crapshoot. Yes, exactly. it is, it's and, crap, and, such and a crapshoot. You don't really don't Exactly, and so you, you have to you have to hope that this player first and foremost can can play within your system and develop within your system, because you know what, you only got about four or five years before you hit free agency. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys don't really start to develop until year three, year four. And by that time, yep. their foot is halfway out the door, especially if your organization is trash. So basically, <laughs> yeah, you, right. you, you know, you basically you, you, you got your, your, your gate money from Jack and Azuda as the number one overall pick, but you don't have that developed player anymore because he's taking his talent someplace else. Right. And I'm sorry, I I don't think Blake, I'm calling him Blake over here, I don't think Zion develops that quickly. I I just don't (laughs) see it happening. Because he has to have, it's it's not not a shot at him, it's just that he hasn't had a need to. He hasn't had a need to, and he's going to have to work on it, and not just work on developing his game, he's going to have the problem of doing it while playing in the NBA. And going up against grown men in the 82-game season. So, I mean, I I wish him best of luck. But then, depending on where he goes to, if he goes to New York, if he goes to Chicago, he's going to be facing scrutiny on a daily basis. So imagine trying to develop, trying to be the face of the franchise while being scrutinized in these huge cities. That's more pressure for this young man. Yeah, he looks like he can yeah. handle it. He looks like he can be a great teammate.
1: He's a great he, kid, he's too. Awesome.
3: He's a great kid. man. Great kid. Yeah. Great kid. We can't, that's something that right now we can't take away from him. He's a fantastic kid, mm-hmm. man. But yeah, that's a lot of pressure yeah. for this dude. And, and for those who criticize Gilbert for saying that, okay, he's off slightly because that's not the NBA game. But at the same time, he's pointing out facts. You're going to need skill sets in order for you in this league. These Euro players, they're tall, they're lightweight, but they've got yep. skill set because they can shoot the mid-range shot. They can shoot the outshot shot. They can play down low. They can play with their back to the basket. They can play face right. the basket because they picked up a skill set. It's po-
2: it's a positionless game. It's a positionless game. I mean, I mean, you know what, I – what Zion has going for him is before he had his humongous growth spurt, he was a point guard. So he Ooh. started out being being a point in high school and he grew. So yeah. he, 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 he incredible hoped it. But the, the point is, is that he, 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 has good ball skills, handling the ball skills. Now outside of that, the kid is six foot seven, and 85. What the hell is going to play? In, what position, what the hell is going to play in the NBA? Again, he's quick, I don't think he's quick enough to stick with a two. And I don't think he's quick enough to stick with a three on defense.
3: No, not at all. And he's, not, he's
2: too, and he's too small to be a four. I know that Charles Buckley <laughs> did it. Yeah, I know Charles Carl Malone did it. I know Charles Oakley did. it. Mm-hmm. They were six nine, and they were stronger than this yeah. kid. And they developed over time. These mm-hmm. guys, those dudes, down or like like down low on the four or on the block, and and of on the block. Again, Zion has no post up game. I mean, nah. he, all he relies on is quickness. He needs to develop, mm-hmm. and, and this goes the same with all the players. RJ Barrett, all those cats. But at the same time, for him to be that dude, since all the talks on him, he has to. I mean, you don't. I mean, again, Gilbert Arenas are splitting facts. He's
1: spitting he does. Splitting
2: facts. I mean, whether you like him or not, he, he you can't deny that he. That he wasn't safe. That he was stating facts, and but I hope the best for this kid. I think most people are pulling for this kid because he's such a nice, 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 young man. Comes from a great family mm-hmm. background, but it's it's, it's if he it's going to be tough learn for this kid just as easily. If he doesn't take the time to develop, which I think he will over time, <laughs> but that just remains to be seen. But it's, it's, I sure it's hope, dead so. talk, brother.
1: I hope yes. again.
2: I hope he does well. I'm pulling for him. Especially if mm-hmm. he ends up with the Knicks, but um, <laughs> but the point is, is that because of course I'd be doing this for other reasons, but I just, I just I just hope that he because he he has he has a great future, but he has a huge best potential.
3: So yeah, let's just, again let's just hope for the best for this young man. Let's hope for the best.
2: We'll get you out here on this. We'll close this podcast on this man. The circus on April on, on that that was Odell Beckham genius. Uh, uh, press conference in Cleveland For the first time On April Fool's Day no less I mean it was just so <laughs> weird Seeing OBJ In the Cleveland Browns Backdrop It was just so weird to see yeah. So surreal because It's like well damn He's no longer New York Giant now I mean still sure, after the trade went down We all know oh what happened you know how Twitter how NFL Twitter actually broke for a while after that trade went down. But, yo, hearing about is one thing, reading about us one thing, but seeing OBJ in a Cleveland backdrop, wearing a Cleveland Browns hat, posing a Cleveland Browns jersey, sitting there with <laughs> Jarvis Landry, uh, um, um, Baker Mayfield, in Baker Mayfield, that was just weird. So it so fucking weird. That was that was that was
3: again on
2: April Fool's I was waiting someone to jump out and say April Fool's but you know, <laughs> of course it didn't happen. But what do you think OBJ's impact would be in Cleveland in year one? Do you think he'll live up to the hype? Do you think with Cleveland has all this all this all the pundits picking them to win the AFC North and everything? Why why do you see Odell Beckham Jr. and his impact far out in Cleveland?
3: You know what? God, that's one of those toss-up situations. And, of course, it's going to rely a lot on how Baker Mayfield plays. Because, of course, he can't do anything without the ball. And he's going to need Baker to throw him the ball in order for him to be successful. So, the thing is, you know, of course, we're used to Odell's antics in New York. My thing is, it's a possibility he calms down slightly
2: because he's going
3: to be with Jarvis, or it's a possibility that Jarvis just gets some extra hype and he gets excited in other ways. Maybe we won't see, a, right. you know, uh, a, a, a kicking net, uh, kicking situation or a proposal or all the other antics, or maybe we don't get uh, the Miami boat trip uh, part two. None of that foolishness, right. but, you know... It, <laughs> He already knows that he has a huge a uh, 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 boulder to push out of the way when it comes to Cleveland Browns football. This team right. has been walting and waiting for for decades, and you know there's a lot of pressure built up within within this fan base and when secure right. that and they have the talent to do so, and they're slowly getting better now. Yeah. Time will tell whether or not they win the division. But they're going to do everything in baby steps. Um, If they win the division this first year, oh, my God, watch out, because they're going to be higher expectations for this team. And if this team ends up looking good, there's going to be a lot of players potentially wanting to come to Cleveland and play play alongside these dudes because it's going to be some – some some good times because you got a lot of young talent on this squad, um, but if if it, if it starts out slow and he starts out playing slow, he reverts back to the old Odell, yeah. Well, he won't be under the scrutiny in New York. He won't deal with that, but they'll still be there, and everybody will wonder whether or not this dude is going to be a, a, a flop or not. You know, and, and and that will be held over him. But one thing, one. I'm just glad that he's no longer in the NFC anymore. But unfortunately, the Cowboys added <laughs> Randall Cobb, so that bothers me. Right? But, you know, it'll be great to see yeah. what he does <laughs> in, in in the AFC North with your Steelers, and 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 see whether or not this thing actually pans out or not. Because I'm 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 slightly excited to see if this Brown team ends up being good. Because just like you said about the Cleveland Cavaliers, we haven't seen a good. Cleveland Browns team. well, I mean, outside of that team that made it to the playoffs in the early two thousands with um, right. with Derek Anderson, we haven't really seen a good, good Cleveland Browns team since the eighties, since our childhood, man. Yep. So you know, it, it, it'll be cool for that city. Yes, yes, it is. So you know, it'll be cool for that city and for that franchise for the team to to, to 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 turn it around. But it, it's all a weight and game, and like I said before. It'll rely on Baker, but they've got the skill talent around him. It's whether or not this head coach that they have, if, if he's the real deal or not. Whether, well, if the players are dude, playing. I
2: mean, right. I mean, it's all about what, 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 uh, what, what uh, Shannon Charlotte said in the It's all well and good until you get set up with one thing expectations. You know, mm-hmm. the Browns they were they were they were they was they were a great story last season. They rebounded to the fact that to the to the point of being seven, eight and one, which they were a tie mm-hmm. away from being eight and eight. And they were in ball games that they could have won. But 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 still, to go from one to from 0 in, to one in, from 0 sixteen to to one and fifteen to seven, eight and one, that's amazing in and of itself.
3: Very and, much so.
2: You know, but 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 my mixed concern is, and plus, so that's so obviously that's why the whole excitement is with OBJ. The Browns are the I say, "Well, shit, we're around this high now. Might as well fucking go for it, right? Just pull up this trade. Mm-hmm. See everybody else in the division can transition." But I'm just looking at this, man. You brought it up too. Besides Jarvis Landry getting shined, you have David Njoku as a tight end mm-hmm. stud. You have Nick Chubb in the backfield. You have. Mm-hmm. Duke Johnson, I think Duke Johnson may be traded because it's a crowded backfield. but he's a great he's a damn good third down back. And you have yeah, I think Duke Hunt Johnson is gone now. Suspension. Oh he's gone, okay. Well there you go. But I you think have he might Cole be going, I
3: could be wrong though. Well no,
2: that's fine. I I think he's on his way out no, nonetheless, i agree with you there. But Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt when he comes up with his eight game suspension is yes. the is gonna begin that shine. As well cool. as uh uh the Cowway kid from Florida. University of Florida last Mm -hmm. year. He came on well, but he's a true deep threat. So you have all these weapons and only one football. So that's that's the thing. I mean, Odell has these kids have the possibility of either going really well in Cleveland next year or really bad in terms of chemistry. And I Mm -hmm. think that Baker Mayfield is the right dude to handle it in terms of like leadership, I think he's that dude. He showed it last year, he showed it in college, definitely. Um whereas you I was like, yeah, you know. But you know, but one another thing that goes in Cleveland's favor is that Jarvis Landry is, o- is O'Dell's best friend in the world. And they were mm-hmm. talking about this playing with each other in the NFL for years. And now that it's finally happened and he's also it helps that OBJ is also really cool with Baker. They've worked out together in the off season. Uh, last year, and the, I think this year, too, in L.A. So they, they're building the chemistry off the, They're definitely building the chemistry. So I think it's going to go pretty – unfortunately, still still a Steel fan. It's going to go pretty <laughs> well. But, man, it's that potential being a pilot kid. Everyone's saying the right things right now, the coach. Of course. Uh, God, I love that coach. That, that coach, he could be like – Andy Griffith On a Like a On a good day But he <laughs> He's he showing he The good signs Of a coach Who's I don't want to say No nonsense But he knows What the hell is doing From an offense standpoint And so Let's let uh, just see what happens there But You know It's it's going to be interesting It's It's definitely going to be much. It's going to be Really interesting To watch Cleveland This is the first time Cleveland's actually going to be relevant To your point This 80s Good, better, and different they're going to be a team that's going to be talked about. And, and, and it's hard to believe that Cleveland's going to be a talk about team in the NFL. The same NFL with that that's shared with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's going to be the topic of the hottest discussion. That is just so freaking weird to me. Very, very weird to me.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm just getting ready. Um, I'm just getting ready.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland's being talked about. It's such it's so stunning. You it left you speechless for a while. So
1: <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's oh. crazy, man. But uh, we'll see, man. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time. But uh, this will be very interesting. Hey, man. Thanks a lot, man, for joining me, man. Let's do this again next week, brother.
3: Yes, and peace out to Ernie Grunfeld. You will not be missed. There Bam. you go.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: I know you are doing
2: the praise dance right now that Oh my god he's he's a bad later, right
3: Well I don't to <laughs> see badness lose jobs But that's needs to me Go yeah. <laughs> oh. you, you don't have
2: to go But you got to get the fuck out of here <laughs> you mean, <laughs> right? Thank you man uh, And and enjoy, those, enjoy the, the praise dance for me all right, now oh. that's that's the way it is, my co-host, man. Please check him out on uh, Sleazy Radio every week on uh, Facebook Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in to the Clown Out and Scott Brooks. out,
1: oh six.